Rarely have we faced a crisis like this one, a truly existential crisis that, if not addressed, threatens not only us, but succeeding generations. There is one path forward. A 1.5 degree future is the only livable future for humanity. And I urge leaders to get on with the job before it is too late. Hi, and welcome to the third episode of COP26 and Kerala podcast series. This is Harita Benjamin. As UN Secretary General Antonia Guterres pointed out, mankind is facing an existential crisis. A crisis which will culminate into something disastrous if not corrected. The COP26 Glasgow summit is just two days away and India has much at stake. In this episode, we explain the various questions addressed by the summit and India's position. So why the hype? Will the Glasgow summit emerge larger than Kyoto and Paris? Besides the fact that the conference was delayed by a year due to the COVID pandemic, COP26 holds significance due to the alarming predictions outlined by an IPCC report released last August. As per the report, the climate change effects felt by the world is unprecedented. That is, the rapid deterioration of climate which occurred in the past 150 years is similar to the changes felt by the world in 2000 years. The report finds that unless there are immediate, rapid and large-scale reductions in GHG emissions, limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius or even 2 degrees Celsius will be beyond reach. So what will happen if the globe warms at 1.5 degrees Celsius in, say, the next 20 years? Increasing heat waves, longer warm seasons and shorter cold seasons. If this increases to 2 degrees Celsius, heat extremes would more often reach critical tolerance thresholds for agriculture as well as health. And we are already feeling the brunt of climate change in India particularly Kerala. Heavy rainfall, cloudbursts, landslides, floods, coastal erosion, the list goes on. Well, we all know that the greenhouse gases, including carbon dioxide, spur climate change. What most of us fail to infer is the intensity and extent of these emissions. Here's a fact from the IPCC report. In 2019, atmospheric carbon dioxide concentrations were higher than at any time in at least 2 million years. And the concentrations of methane and nitrogen dioxide were higher than at any time in at least 800,000 years. Alarming, right? The IPCC report has outlined five possible climate change scenarios for the world, depending on the trajectory we choose to be in. An immediate effort to reduce the emissions will place us on trajectory 1 and 2, which will limit the rise in global temperature to 1.6 and 1.7 degrees Celsius respectively in the next 20 to 40 years. Whereas any of the other three scenarios will place us on a higher trajectory, heading towards a temperature rise of 2 to 2.4 degrees Celsius. Now these estimates hurl us right into Glasgow, the centre of the climatic discussions. 
While continuing the negotiations at Paris, the UNFCC is likely to push for a net zero target commitment from nations this time. Net zero, a carbon neutrality, is the state in which countries' emissions are compensated by absorptions of GHGs through natural means as well as the removal of carbon dioxide from atmosphere through futuristic technology. Now, this involves a slight departure from the concept of carbon markets which were introduced at the Kyoto Protocol. At Kyoto, developed nations who were major contributors to the emissions were assigned specific reduction targets, going by the polluters pay principle and common but differentiated responsibilities. Developing countries which had uh, no binding targets could reduce their emissions and earn carbon credits. Now, these credits could be sold to the developed nations and counted towards their reduction targets. Though the method worked well initially and carbon credits were purchased from developing nations like India, China and Brazil, the lack of penalty for not meeting targets affected the agreement significantly. Later, at Paris, a new debate emerged. Developed countries questioned the accuracy of older carbon credits and carbon market, and developing countries defended their accumulated carbon credits worth millions should be valid in the new carbon market. Now, the lack of penalty and checks continued. It even emboldened a former US President Donald Trump to walk away from the agreement without so much so as a warning. Glasgow will see a continuation of this debate. Besides this, it will also initiate a discussion on non-zero targets, something which India has not been keen on committing until now. So this brings us to the question, what will India do? India will continue to demand common but differentiated responsibilities. In fact, it has been gathering support from smaller nations for a better representation of the developing world at the summit. It has two leverage points for its case. One, though the largest emitter of carbon dioxide, third largest emitter of carbon dioxide in the world, India's annual per capita carbon emission is 1.96 tons per person. Compare this to China's 8.4 tons per person, America's 18.6 tons per person, and the world average of 6.64 tons per person. 2. Its ambitious plans to set up 450 gigawatts of renewable energy capacity by 2030. So India will definitely push the developed nations to honor its broken commitments before promising a thing. And the word is that it will most likely seek a commitment for more than 100 billion from them. For now, it's time to wait with our fingers crossed. For the fate of the planet lies in the hands of a few leaders at a conference many, many miles away. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Join us next week for a discussion on India at COP26 Glasgow Summit with a special guest, Dr. Venu IAS, Secretary of Cultural Affairs and Environment in Kerala.